0: Welcome, everybody, to It's Doomsday Podcast. Today is March 27th, 2022. Time is 4.29 in the p.m., according to my computer, which my time is off on this one. But welcome in, everybody. Uh, Joining us is Michael Key from the Real Conservative Talk Podcast. And as always, Big Daddy Prep, Al. And uh, we're picking up Russian-Ukraine conflict history part three. Maybe this will be the last part of this. So when we ended last week's episode... Al had a question for Michael Keith. And it was about the funding, uh, dealing with Hunter Biden and how they're getting their money and what's really going on over there. So do we want to pick up from there where we left off last week?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Absolutely, yes.
2: A lot of that uh, information's come out since uh, we talked about that last week. There's been a lot more in the media about that. So, yeah, definitely. So, Michael, tell me exactly how does that funding work and how did it work?
1: Okay, so... As far as Hunter Biden in the funding, uh, Hunter Biden with Rosemont Seneca, by the way, started that with Christopher Hines, who is Kerry's stepson, and um, Devon Archer, who was one of John Kerry's senior campaign advisors in 2004 when he was running for president. Yep, I remember that. Yep. So they – that fund put money into companies like MetaBiota uh CH2M Hill which I have a um that is has a connection to the biden's uh further back down the line before they were uh CH2M Hill when they were just Hill International but um and black and Veatch, and their funding went and you know invested in the construction and uh research operations in these biolabs over in Ukraine now since Last week, and we talked last, I have done a lot more research on some other stuff and about how these politicians make money over there in these areas. The OPIC, which is the Overseas um, Private Investment Corporation, was started in 1971 under Nixon, but it had evolved. And what it was for was to uh, go and... Basically, excel private American business, and and they they say it was to mobilize private equity over into these emerging markets. And the emerging markets are are countries like uh, these former Soviet states after the Soviet Union collapsed, Uh, these African countries like the Congo, Afghanistan, all those, these war torn. You know, basically. shithole countries as what some people would say, right? Right. With the OPIC, they offer a few different things. They do guaranteed loans and lending to these private investors that want to go over and pursue business operations. They also offer something that is called political risk insurance. This is where politicians are making the money. So what people don't realize, most insurance claims have tax advantages right you don't report insurance claims on your um uh, as income for the most part now there are there are times you do but for the most part you don't would a life insurance company ever insure someone that is going to die in 2 days that is already terminally ill i would say not absolutely not they would never take on that risk so why do we offer political risk insurance in countries that already have fucking political risk
2: right Right, right right i agree
1: so the reason though is because now and again going back to the politicians have first dibs because they uh on all of these uh potential lucrative opportunities in in these countries like Ukraine and stuff because they went from being communist to a free market society literally overnight um uh, And they have all the usually the businesses that go and get these loans and this insurance from the OPIC, which is now the DFC. It has since 2018 it merged with two other government groups, so it is not the OPIC anymore. But it was still all the way up until 2018 and prior, and it was really at a tight, you know, after the Soviet Union collapsed all the way till around 2014 ish. Um. And they, a lot of these businesses that go and they, they pursue these opportunities are well politically connected. A lot of them are the ones that are receiving government contracts. So what they're saying is, okay, you have this country like Ukraine and we are trying to help Ukraine grow economically. So we want our private sector to go over there and start doing business. Now, this program, they say helped decrease the deficit by about $2 billion every year, which it could have because of the revenues. Uh, it also said that it didn't hurt the taxpayer. They weren't using taxpayer money because of the money that they collected. It, it basically washed it out, and it never had an impact on taxpayer. But it never gave Americans jobs. Okay, It never did any of that. So it didn't benefit the U.S. domestically, you know, economically whatsoever. Of course. But – it's just really convenient and a big coincidence, and some people don't believe in coincidences, that now you have these private businesses going over to these countries like the Congo, like Afghanistan, like Ukraine, like Georgia. And within a couple years of being there, you have conflict that arises. Ukraine. Right. You had the 2014 um, uh, Civil War. That really went all the way up until now. Now you have the second invasion, but before that, you had a political proxy war between the United States and and, U- uh, and Russia in Ukraine. All of that stuff, so like a a candidate being overthrown, like a, a sitting president of Ukraine that's overthrown because of an insurrection or or a revolt or whatever, these companies will get paid out big up to $250 million in political risk insurance for lost revenue. Good lord. It's not, um, it's not reported on income. Therefore, the politicians can get big chunks of that in payments, and no one ever knows. That's how you get around it. That's how they can. It's basically a way to go over there and launder this money. And and that's I 100% fully believe that is what's what's going on here. And that's why, um, you know, you have the Bidens. They because a big. A uh, portion of this is not just giving out loans, but it's also supporting investment funds, which is what Rosemont Seneca was, to go over there and invest in businesses.
2: Right. Well, Michael, you know, about two weeks ago, Biden started off with his executive orders of being able to we'll take an executive order. for One was for $200 million, another one for was for $800 million. Then, of course, the omnibus bill, it, it passed. That was $14 billion there. And then the other day I understood that. Well, he, no, no, no. Was,
1: the omnibus bill was over a trillion dollars. Only fourteen billion went to Ukraine, but it was over a yeah, trillion dollars in spending. Yeah,
2: yeah, it was like one point seven altogether. But the thing, it was fourteen billion that was going to Ukraine. Now I understand mm-hmm. the other day, just a couple of days ago, I hear that that again, again. Biden has decided to executively order another billion dollars. So I would just keep wondering how much of this money that keeps going to this country is eventually going to end up in the pockets of politicians and politicians' family members and friends and, you know, just small companies venturing that they, they do business with or just somehow it ends up in their pockets. So that's my problem with a lot of the money we're sending over there. It's not so much that I, I want people to die or be hungry or not have the proper thing. Things to you know, fight a war with because I'm no lover of Russia and I'm no lover of Putin. But I just wonder how much this money's going to end up in the hands of people that it shouldn't end up with. That's a lot of it. Thing. That's a lot of thing. it. And I'm glad we feel the same way about that because that's my thing about just giving like a blank checkbook to a war. Oh, here you go. Just go ahead and let's keep writing checks. We got checks. We got money, surely. You know that that theory doesn't wash with me. So. That's why I really wanted to know about the money that's supporting these, these bio labs. How did this happen? How did how these insider deals happen? Because we all know that there's certain people in Washington have their fingers in the pot and some people don't. But it seems like the Heinzes and the, the, you know, the, the people that are, you know, the club, the club, mm-hmm. you know, the Clintons, the Heinzes, yeah. the, you know, the carries, the Bidens, the Obamas, the you, know, the, you know, the club, they seem to always have money. <laughs> they go into office with nothing. They come out with a with a whole lot. Then it seems to keep turning into billions. Oh my God! He went in there was nothing. Now he has billions. Oh no! Now he has almost. A, oh, he's got a billion now. Mm-hmm. How did How did Joe Biden get a billion dollars working for the people of America for forty seven years in Congress? Yep. I guess he knew how to invest really well. Those savings. Yeah, bonds, right. they, those savings bonds helped him. You know. <laughs> yeah, right. So. It-
0: Hey, Preppers, do you want 10% off survival food? Go to www.ReadyWise.com and use code DOOM10 at checkout for 10% off all your survival food needs. Again, that's code DOOM10 at checkout at ReadyWise.com. D-O-O-M 10 for 10% off at ReadyWise.com.
1: Give you a list of... um... Countries that we that OPIC has mobilized investment funds and stuff to uh, Afghanistan, Democratic Republic of Congo, Georgia, Serbia, Egypt, Syria, Pakistan, and Ukraine. All of those have had a war. All of them. Wow. Every one of them.
2: Every, Every one single of them. one of them. Yeah. And but then they will come back into America, and first thing Washington says is we have to watch out for how the people are being treated, ethnic cleansing, and the wars, and the, the warlords are taking You know, but yet we're still investing in these companies we're investing in some of the same people that are committing war crimes you know uh, that's that's my big get on i i don't i don't i feel like we're supporting war criminals on both sides and that's yeah. that's basically the way it breaks down the base but I'm i glad would... we, i'm glad we got you here my i'm glad we got <laughs> you here with all the you know the knowledge of these things because i like to hear these things
1: well i i, I think um it's look. What's funny is for the OPIC, the government was the ones, the Congress was the ones, basically in the driver's seat for writing the checks. Right. All right, and they're giving the money to people that they know that lobby to them, that help getting them get them elected. And the idea is okay, they can go over there, and let's say they have an energy because a lot of it's energy that these companies invest in. A lot of it's whatever kind of endeavor. If it makes money, great. If not, we're gonna still cause political turmoil in these countries uh, and going go ahead and get the insurance claim. What I want to know is how many of these companies are still operating after they've they've submitted a claim for political risk insurance when these countries have a fallout, which they always do. Right. And so they're going to get the insurance claim but they're still over there making money.
2: It's it's amazing that and and I told someone the other day and they called me crazy for it and I said you have to go back and look at history. When an economy is bad, the best thing in the world for an economy – it might be the worst thing in the world for you, but the best thing in the be- for economy is a war yeah, because yeah. the war brings the economy right back out of the crap hole that it's in. And right now, mm-hmm. what do we know? We know that our economy is in a crap hole. Mm-hmm. So a war kicking off definitely helps, one, the military-industrial complex. We know that. And also, it helps the the folks in Washington. They know exactly where to invest, where to do, what to do this. They have insider information. You and I, we pay for things at higher prices, you know, uh, fewer items on the shelves. I mean, Lord knows, nobody in America that's a real American wants troops to do without, the military to do without. But we get into these wars that really we don't need to be in. But it's not because we're fighting anything. They try to convince people through propaganda that we need to go fight these wars. Mm-hmm. And most of the time what we don't tell people are, well now, now we know, we know that Saddam is bad. So bad Saddam, we need to go fix bad Saddam. But wait a minute, hold on. Saddam never had weapons of mass destruction. Hold on a minute now. Y'all sold us this bill of goods and we're, you know, 20 years into a war here. We're just getting done with. Now we got to get into another war because the economy sucks again. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm so scared about this whole thing. And I guess as a grandfather and a father, that's why it re- really worries me because I don't want to get sold a bill of goods again.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, don't be surprised if it happens. I mean, uh, you have Biden over there yesterday talking about how – we, you know, the soldiers will see what Ukraine's like when they get there, which was a right. shocking comment. And then he goes on and talks about regime changing, um, in Russia, which is extremely dangerous. Yes. Even if the people don't like Putin, okay. E- look, how many people hate President Biden? A lot, a lot. <laughs> right? Yeah, over fifty percent of the country, I'd say. Right. right. Um, but do you think we would stand if if a country came over here and overthrew our government? Hell no,
2: no, no. And know. it's the same
1: for Russia. Yeah,
2: I told somebody the other day, I was laughing, it was a joke in the thing, but I said, you know, I just wonder if you put on a ticket, if you put Vladimir Putin and Joe Biden on a ticket, which one get the most votes? That's what I want to know. And they was <laughs> laughing. I said, I'm serious. I'm being serious with you. You put him on about which one. I said, Putin might actually surprise you. You know, and yep. he's the bad guy. here, supposed to be the boogeyman. But it's just, that's that's what worries me, is Americans – I don't do what I do for me and I don't do what I do really necessarily for my wife or my kids. I do it for my grandkids. Cause I don't want my grandkids growing up to have to fight wars. And everybody says, well, why not? I said, well, you know, why would you do that? Your grandkids are young. I said, yeah, but people's grandkids were young when the Iraq war started and then it drug into Afghanistan. And then 20 years later, those little tiny babies were old enough to be soldiers dying over there. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why I worry, you know? So, but it all I you know I like to know where the money goes to and you know where the money goes to so tell me if you can a little bit more about this whole thing with Hunter Biden how Hunter Biden got his fingers in the bio labs that we think are so bad over there how did he get his fingers in there other than daddy's inside deals that's what I want to know
1: well that's that's where the um the contract, so they, he started a fund, basically a hedge fund, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. exactly run like a hedge fund. I don't know. They, I've seen uh, they, people call it like a shell corporation. Um, this is basically like a hedge fund. Mm-hmm. They took that money with their investors and they went and, dire- and invested into these companies um, that were getting the government contracts for these bio labs. It literally said it on their website, the Rosemont Seneca website when it was up. It said, it talked about their financial partnership with Metabiota, and ch2m hill and um black and beach if you go look at the government contracts for the bio labs those are the three companies that still operate out of them so he as far as how he had his fingers it was a as a financial partnership he was the one funding it
2: mm-hmm. through that
1: through that fund the rosemont seneca yeah um you know was it was it like a um you know was it oh, we want to – we're going to make a lot of money on these biolabs. It could have been partly, but I think they were involved in other industries too, obviously like energy because he went on and became uh, part of the board of Burisma. And the other thing is too – and off the top of my head, I couldn't really go into the relationship, but I have it written down in in research, is his relationship with the Chinese as well is far more provable um, and in-depth than the whole Ukraine situation.
2: Right. That's what I understood. Uh, You know, you could put it on paper a lot more with the Chinese than you could even with the Ukrainians. Mm -hmm. I noticed that some of his friends, some of the people he was in business with, they've sustained charges now. Some of them are looking at federal time and things like that.
1: Only one, only one that I know of, Devon Archer.
2: How in the heck did he keep his fingers out? Well, I don't even ask how he kept his his fingers out of the out of the chopping off of like like Devon Chep. Uh, yeah, I, Devon Archer did. Uh, how, yeah. to, I ask how that has happened, but I know how it happens. I, I don't think anything ever happened to him. You know, the laptop from hell seems to keep disappearing and then coming back in and out. You know, it's like <laughs> the boomerang from hell. It goes out and it comes back. It goes out and it comes back again. But
1: I don't look. It's there's – could you imagine if um, Don Jr. or Eric Trump or uh, Ivanka had as much evidence against him as Hunter Biden did while Trump was in office? Oh, yeah. Not even when he was in office. The day he said he was running for president, if they did, right. they all would be in jail.
2: I told my wife one day, I said, I know without a shadow of a doubt – that the trump children are they're very careful at even hailing a cab because if they hail a cab they're liable to catch a picture of it and say look right there see look at that they're hailing they're a, i they're a heil hitler shine see that right there i mm-hmm. said that's the kind of things that the trump kids have to worry about and but yet you have biden's kid across the seas committing mass crimes all over the place and nobody wants to look at it or they want to mm-hmm. pretend like they don't see it but the trump kids can't walk sideways i mean good lord look at that
1: everyone oh. around hunter biden has been prosecuted I I believe the guy that owned Barisma was prosecuted. The banks that uh, in Latvia that was shut down for uh, huge money laundering charges uh, that they did business from, and Devon Archer, his business partner, who was the third owner of Rosemont Seneca and served on the board with of Barisma with Hunter Biden, got charged with or got convicted of securities fraud and conspiracy. Well, yeah, who was he conspiring with?
2: Yeah, yeah, right. right.
1: How, is, how is the only two people that I really know of in this whole situation, Christopher Hines and Hunter Biden, who have a relationship with a uh, powerful political person, not the, they're the only ones that I know of that haven't been convicted?
2: I guess it is true. The rich keep getting richer and stay out of trouble, and the poor, well, they just keep getting poor, and they're the ones that go to prison. So I guess that really is it, although Devin Archer probably is not – he's not without sin, and he's certainly probably not poor, but he he It's the connected.
1: Was, yeah, it's, yeah. It's the connected that keep getting out. It's not the rich because right, right. a lot of these people that were put in jail were rich, right? It's right. the connected. Right. Well, I
2: definitely believe their connections over there are known. But there's a lot of looking away. Just, just look over here for a minute. Just, let's look over here. You know, I, it's a dirty business all the way around with this Ukraine. But I keep trying to tell everybody, and you know, there's so many people listen to the mainstream narrative about it. They just, well, well, you know, Ukraine. They're trying to fight off the Russians. They say, yeah, but hold on just a minute. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Now, before you start thinking perfect of them, now you got to start asking yourself questions. then when you start talking mm-hmm. to people about it, they want to get mad first. Then when you start yeah. telling them facts and say these are the facts, then they start looking at things going, you know, you might be right. I say, yeah, well, there's, nobody's perfect here. There's no good guy, no bad guy. There are just some people that are a little bit worse than others mm-hmm. because the Ukrainians are not without sin, okay? There's a lot of sin that's going on in Ukraine since this mm-hmm. whole thing before it ever took place, yeah. you know, way back there from the time that they left the Soviet Union, you know, until now. It's, it's, it's been
1: been dirty pool the whole way. I would right. say the, the the most the most stable Ukraine has ever been was under the Soviet Union.
2: Right, right, right. And then when people say, well, now, hold on a minute. Now, you don't tell me those people want – some of them want to be part of Russia. I say, yeah, some of them did want to be, like in the Donbass reason. You remember? Mm-hmm. Remember? Now, understand the Ukrainian government shelled those people. What do you think they did that for? They no. wanted to be part of Russia, okay? Yeah. But they wanted to stay where they lived. That's yeah. why some of these areas were annexed back in to Russia. Yes, Crimea,
1: ninety-five percent of the population in Crimea wanted to go back to Russia. Did you know that, that that see our our mainstream media calls that an invasion? You know, oh Putin took Crimea, you know, he invaded Crimea. He didn't invade Crimea. He sent yeah. a military presence down there, but they didn't invade anyone. They wanted to be a part of Russia. Right. I mean, did we did we invade Puerto Rico?
2: I mean, it's a no. territory
1: of ours, I mean, did yeah. we
2: invade Hawaii? did we invade Alaska? No, it's one of our states. no, yeah. there's a little difference there but yeah. but the but the mainstream media they have to keep that that whole narrative up because that's the that's what their marching orders on and I tell mm-hmm. people all the time that the mainstream media are programmed as the third they're the third part of the government you know they're you know you have your your judicial, your executive and your legislative branch, but now you have your propaganda slash media branch. Mm-hmm. And that's their job is to make most of America dumbed down to listen to just what we tell you. Listen, this is where you get your news. You don't have to do research. We're going to give you all the news. And when they're all telling the same, same story, that's when I went. If if I go to five different news broadcasts and they all tell me the same thing, I immediately want to say, hold on a minute. I call BS on. Let me go look.
1: Mm-hmm. But most Americans don't do that.
2: Yep. You and I yeah. both know that.
1: Oh, yeah. And you know it's funny though, and I, I noticed this the other day. Clinton did it with um I can't remember what country it was. Maybe during the Serbia deal. Mm-hmm. Um Obama said it. Uh Biden just said it uh not long ago, but when they we choose what side we're gonna back, they always say we back the democratically elected leader of blank country. Right? right? Because we want to push democracy. Now that's not a bad thing. But I will say this: to make it, it's kind of goes back to the religion thing with me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like, I you know, I believe a certain way, mm-hmm. and I think it's you know the proper way. But I'm not going to force my beliefs on anyone else because who's to say that it's right? Who's to say that they're wrong? Right? right they think this. Right. They think they're right just as much as I think I'm right. Russia right. has never had a democratic government ever in their entire history. Never. Mm-hmm. They didn't even know what democracy was until maybe recently. No, they had no you idea. Know? So to say that we're not gonna support them or we're not gonna, you know, support them because they're not a democratic country, that's just not their their history. That's just not them. Correct. You know, we've supported extremely bad people throughout our history. By the way, people don't know. We had a good relationship with Saddam Hussein before. We've had a yes. good relationship with Hitler at one point yes we did he was time
2: magazine's man of the year remember yeah
1: (laughs) i mean henry ford uh hitler had a life-size poster of henry henry ford in his office he freaking idolized henry ford right henry ford was making tanks for hitler people didn't realize that either before we got into the war that's why henry ford's factories were already set up to start building military vehicles um you know but we did it okay yeah he's he was a democratically elected person so we back we back them because of that but that doesn't mean that they're a good person that doesn't mean it's the right side just to say that we're we're supporting um you know the system and not the the person i feel like that can go wrong
2: i I agree i agree there's there's so many things in play right now with this whole Russia Ukraine. It's not just I tell people, it's not just Russia Ukraine. It's look at the world markets. Look what's happened to the world markets. Just just mm-hmm. for a small instance, look at the oil market and the gas market. You know, over the last few it's, it's Putin is taking the responsibility now because Biden's trying to throw it on him of the reason why oil was so high. No, hold on a minute. Oil was, already, oil was already quite high and had spiked definitely higher over the time since Trump came out of office to the day that the invasion began on February twenty fourth. It was Mm -hmm. already high. Yes, Mm -hmm. it spiked much higher due to the this quote unquote invasion or special operation, but it was already way higher than it was when Biden came into office. Matter of fact, it started going up before Biden ever got out of office or got into office. So Mm -hmm. to blame it all on Putin that's that's gibberish. That's mainstream media right there.
1: They keep saying the Putin prices, right? But I was paying three dollars and 30 cents a gallon in December. Um and you know I always go back to 2019 because you can't use 2020 as a measurement because gas prices were so cheap because we were shut down due to covid, right. right? No no one was going to work so demand was high. Here's the thing. Demand did not increase for fuel from 2019 to 2021. It just would have gone back to normal. Yep. Okay? In fact, less people are probably going to work and driving less than they were in 2019 because of you know during two thousand twenty people realized well I can do this job from home. All right. Yeah, right. So so how does prices keep going up for oil and they keep freaking telling us, well, yes, because more people are driving than ever. No, they're not. All right. They're driving less because during the week when they're going to work, they're not going to work anymore. They're they're working from the house. A lot of them. Um, but in two thousand nineteen I was paying like two ten. Right? So that let's say that demand was at a certain amount in 2019, I'm paying 2 and 10 cents 10 There's no reason for me to be paying more than that now, right. other than bad policy.
2: Right. I agree with you totally. Well, just like yesterday, I saw the comparison. I told about the five leading countries of production of wheat. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, out of the five countries, you have the United States, you have Russia, Ukraine, France, and Canada. Well, you take Ukraine is in a war. So they're not going to plant like they usually would. Mm -hmm. Russia, they're involved in a war. So, of course, they're not going to plant like they were because, let's face it, when you're in a war, you're not doing anything like you normally would. Mm -hmm. The United States right now has a huge problem because of the fertilizer, the lack of fertilizer, and -hmm. the lack of the components for fertilizer. So we're – Which comes out of Russia, by the way. Right. Absolutely. And it's going to yield. It's going to be much off. Then you have Canada. Canada's has had some of the most totalitarian lockdowns because of COVID that there were anywhere in the world. And on top of it, they're going to suffer the same problems we are with fertilizer. So that leaves lowly little old France over here that might be at their normal production. So, of course, you know what happens when the first world gets a gets a cold, the third world dies. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Someone's going to have to give up eating, and you know where it's going to end up at. Yeah. So there's millions of people going to die behind this war that aren't going to die behind a bullet.
1: Yeah. And you know, for Biden to get up there the other day and start saying that food shortages are coming, and Jester knows how I feel about this. All right. And I don't know, Jester. I'm sorry if if uh, this is supposed to be a more formal show, but there's no fucking reason, none, that the United States should ever have a shortage of food at all. Right. At all, we can feed ourselves. We can feed the whole fucking world if we had, if we were wanted to. We're
2: feeding but, China and Russia and everybody else too.
1: Yes, <laughs> yeah. There is no, I and I want all of the listeners to hear. There is no reason for the United States to have a shortage of food other than bad political policy. That is I it. Agree with you. I agree with you. I live in
2: one of the best producing states as far in the country's per capita size. And we produce soybeans and rice and and wheat and and corn and everything else, Michael. I mean just, Mm -hmm. just tons of it. And every year, what happens here in the state of Arkansas, we send representatives to foreign countries to sell them grain. OK, mm-hmm. we have. there's a, it's widely known that we send representatives to China and to Russia and to hear their yonder and with, you know, future commodity sales. So we we make enough for us to definitely eat and then for a lot of other people to eat. But yeah. we have to look at. Hold on a minute. We might not be able to feed the world. We need to feed us. OK, mm-hmm. you're right. Po- bad policy is what causes anybody to starve in this country. Nobody should ever starve or go hungry here in the United States of America ever.
1: Mm hmm. Yep, there should not be any shortage of food when you go around and you see um, shelves empty for whatever thing, right? It doesn't matter what it is, unless it's a, a foreign exp- import, like some Chinese food in the in the international section of Kroger or something, right? All right, your basic stuff, we should not have a food shortage at all of anything. Like I can't believe we have a, you know, they keep talking about beef, right? Like oh, we, you know, people don't want to work at the beef, uh, the um. The what's called the um, um slaughterhouses, uh, slaughterhouses. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I'm thinking I'm like, wait, so the the same people that are working at the slaughterhouses throughout all of covid with no vaccine, all of a sudden don't want to work because of their, they want to risk getting sick. Get out of here. Yeah, you're right. Right. The, there's something going on other than that, that we've either incentivized them not to work or we've put policy in place that's not allowing them to do the full, the full potential of that job. But we don't have less cows. We don't have less chickens. We don't have less anything. No. We may have now. We may have made it expensive for them, you know, to go out and and do operations. But again, that goes back to bad political policy.
2: And animal feeds are going to absolutely go through the roof because of this too, because they've all. It's not specifically that we don't have what it takes to make the feeds with. There it's gonna be there. But here's the thing when there's a reduction in the in the in the yield, the price is going to go up. So we mm-hmm. know that's gonna happen. So that of course that's gonna drive the market higher because whether you're getting more for your cattle or not makes no difference. It's what the it's what the packing houses and those those companies that do the processing and the meet what they want to charge, no matter what they're paying the the, the farmer for the beef itself, or the cow itself, it's what they want to charge. They can inflate the prices now. There's going to be price gouging. Frankly, I, I'm surprised it's not happening already. But there's definitely going to be price gouging
1: in this new economy that's coming on now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and um, don't don't think it won't be. Look, oil's probably already being gouged. Um, I saw something the other day, and I this is it, we'll see if this plays out. But our democratic political leaders are wanting to put out stimulus checks f- to help cover ga- the cost of gas yep you know about <laughs> that's going to cause more inflation but but why what why are we here right why have we gotten to the point where now they want to keep giving out money and it just doesn't look good when it comes from the the side um, that is all about giving out money and they're finding ways to give out money
2: <laughs> I always uh, equivocate the United States with its money and how they spend it, it is like a drunk college kid with an unlimited. Amount of money on a credit card, okay? <laughs> I, I'm, a co- I, I'm supposed to have fun, okay? I'm gonna keep spending. I'm, I've got a card. I'm gonna keep spending. I got checks. I must still have money. That's the way the <laughs> the government runs anymore. That if we don't have enough money, we'll print some more. You know, I, I will print some more. I will spend some more. We're spending. more spending money than my great grandkids will be paying back. You know, it, it's sad, but it's true. That's just the way government is anymore.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: No such thing as a balanced budget, okay? Nope,
1: Man. absolutely not.
2: Jester, we ain't heard from you in a while.
0: Are you still alive back there? Yeah, you guys, you <laughs> guys were just on a roll, so I, I was just over here muted just listening in. But I do want to throw something out there, how um, Biden's putting the blame on Russia for these potential food shortages. Uh, to me, I kind of think it's not that there's shortages. It's not because of anything that's going on in Russia or Ukraine. I think it's because we're having trouble finding people to work. I think that's the big thing. If you don't have the manpower, you can't produce, and I think that's the big problem. I know every every business in my town is understaffed, every single right. one. Um, McDonald's has closed their lobby because they don't have enough people to work. Like a, a lot of them, a lot of the fast food places around where I'm at are all drive through only because they can't get anybody in there, right? Yep. Um, banks are shutting down because they are not able to get staff in there, so they claim. That's what they've been claiming. And a lot of other like retail businesses in the area, it's like employees are scarce. You know, and what I've noticed about Walmart is the turnover rate there has been extremely high lately. There's not a lot of cashiers there, but they keep bringing in like these new kids to come stock stuff at nighttime to stock the shelves. And then they're gone in like a week. I don't see the same kids there anymore. All right. So I I think that's what it is. You know, they know that it's a failing economy. They know that their people aren't wanting to work, and there's how Michael said about incentives. There's got to be something somewhere out there that's keeping people from working, and I'm not exactly sure what it is, but I really think all this Russia stuff. They're just they're putting this out there as the blame just to cover, you know the lack of people that are working right now. And I, I just read a poll about Biden, uh, the approval rating on, on the job aspect, like the employment aspect. And it's, it's, uh, uh, 60% of Americans don't approve of that. Mm -hmm. It's like, he only has like a 40% approval rating with that right now, which if, if over half the country is telling you, Hey, something's really wrong with employment right now. I mean, that means that over half the people in this country are feeling the effects. Yeah.
1: But employment keeps going down. (laughs) or <laughs> right, keeps I'm going saying. up I mean no I mean like unemployment rates cool. keep going down
2: a lot of companies found out during the pandemic, because I don't call it a pandemic, the pandemic, that they could, they could make money and continue to run their operations with less manpower and without having to do certain things like opening their lobby because, frankly, they have to have a lot of staff to open a lobby, to clean tables to do this. Run the drive through you're making most the same amount of money because most people, if they know the lobby's closed, they still want to eat, so they'll go through. They'll keep like 85% of their business, but I found this not too long ago to be really strange. I went to Murphy USA. You know, Murphy USA, they're attached to most all Walmarts around. They sell a lot of fuel. Usually, the fuel is cheaper, so I go there. Anyway, Murphy USA said, had a sign-up said, after 5 o'clock p.m., we will be closed due to staffing. So I asked the manager, I said, hey, what's up with that? He said, honest to God, Al, he said, I work all my people as many hours as I can without corporate complaining about how many hours they get. He said, but when five o'clock rolls around, I've worked everybody that I have that they'll let me have. And at five o'clock I have to close cause I have nobody to stay open late in the close. Mm-hmm. And I said, is that because they reduced your number? And he just kind of wouldn't answer my question. I said, I bet they reduced your number. How many employees you had? He said, I don't have enough staff out. Yeah. So I took that as, yeah, I was right. I hit it on the mm-hmm. target. They, they, they took this staffing mm-hmm. from eight to five or six or whatever it might be. And there's nobody to work at nights. NICE. Mm-hmm. So, so I
0: just, I want to throw something out there, Michael, real quick. Uh, how you mentioned earlier, you know, you can't really count like the fuel prices or anything because of COVID people weren't driving this, that, the other. So that, that's kind of what I've been doing as well as I'm taking 2020 out of the, out of the equation for a lot of things. So just going mm-hmm. back to 2019, Um, to today, we, we have a higher unemployment rate than we did then. Right. And I think that
1: lower, it's lower unemployment.
0: No, it's higher. 3.8%,
1: I think, which is about where it was, or if not a a, a little bit of a tick lower,
0: we, we have more unemployed people today than we did in 2019
1: so you, when they count unemployment, it's tough because unemployment means that they have to be seeking a job now, there are a lot more people that are that are not working, yes, but they're not seeking a job, therefore they're not in the employment category, the unemployed category because unemployment rates I believe is it, um let's see it just came out let's see what it is'cause i know um, that
0: I, I know a lot of that they base off of uh you know people that are getting unemployment like you know. People yeah, but had, to get unemployment you day had
1: day. to be seeking a job. So right now it's at 3.8% In 2000 in uh February 2020 it was at 3.5%. That's the lowest it's been.
0: Yeah, but you uh, can't base you can't base it off off 2020.
1: No, 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 so uh 2020 before the pandemic. Okay, before that hit. It was at 3.5%. Then when it hit, it it skyrocketed to like 14.7. And I believe it is higher than that. I believe it is at like 25% but to yeah. be considered unemployed, you have to be seeking a job. You have to actually want to work. So if you're not wanting to work and, and you can't receive unemployment benefits, and then you also are not counted in the unemployment number. So what you got to look at is you have to go look at the total labor force um, numbers and how many people are, are looking for employment, how many people are, are employed. right? Those are what you have to look at because if, if someone is not seeking a job, then they don't they don't count them in that number. That's why yeah, I'm saying I, that. I
0: just, listen, that's like a very inaccurate thing, though, because I could be looking for a job right now and there's there's nobody that's going to know about it. How are they tallying these people up?
1: That's um, I mean, that's I mean, a like good you, point. Right. Like, but, yeah, but a lot have, of people that are. Have, yeah.
0: You have a small business, right? If I called you and mm-hmm. I said, hey, Michael, I'm looking for some side work. You got anything for me? Mm-hmm. You're you know, you're not going to report to the government that Jester came over and was looking for a job. And a lot of the things we're seeing right now, and, and this is something to take into consideration. A lot of people are working under the table now.
2: Oh, yes. A mm-hmm. lot
0: of people, um, there's a lot of illegals uh, that are that are coming in and working jobs under the table, right? That aren't on the books at all. But you, I, I don't care what we're reading online. You could mm-hmm. feel the effects of this. You could see this in stores. You could see this within restaurants. You could see this within businesses. Mm -hmm. My area is very, very bad. Every single restaurant in the area is understaffed. Every single retail store is understaffed. The only only stores that I'm seeing that are doing good, that really aren't having too bad of issues are your small mom and pop places. Mm -hmm. Those are about the only ones that I'm seeing that aren't, you know, where it's like, you know, family ran, there's only like a handful of employees. Those are the only ones that I'm seeing that aren't feeling the effects of this.
1: Um yeah no i i get it but i'm j- i'm just telling you how they calculate it you know they have a way to go around and find out and you're right a lot of people are working under the table um you know a lot of people are working for cash which is also probably why they want to go and you know digitalize our currency so you don't have a way to avoid taxes and work for cash
2: right right It's that voodoo numbers that they come up with in Washington. You know, they have a math or or a formula for how they do this or how they do that, but it's always voodoo numbers. They can call it whatever number they want to to you (laughs) because most of America is not listening. Only people like us are listening, you know, Mm -hmm. but they change those numbers up the way they calculate things all the time and they don't tell anybody of it. They just do it. But it's definitely a cash society now. Everybody wants to be paid in cash, and they're trying to lock that down with electronic currency. Unfortunately, electronic currency is never going to work because, frankly, people are not going to allow it to work. There's going to be other things that are going to be traded. They can have all the electronic currency they want in the world, but that's never going to work because I think that's going to be the final straw to this uh, quote-unquote democracy slash republic that we have mm-hmm. because people are just not going to go for that. That's going to be like taking guns from people right there. <laughs> I'm sorry, but
1: yeah. when people
2: find out that money in their hand is not worth anything and that they have to report every single thing, it's, people are going to lose their mind.
1: Yeah. And, uh, Jester, just to go back, they, they only take into consideration people who have applied for unemployed benefits.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that would make sense because that would give them a number to mm-hmm. to go off of. Yeah. Uh, the, the point I was trying to make with this is that with Biden coming out and saying that there's going to be shortages, felt all, felt all around the world, food shortages, I don't believe for a second that that's accurate, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody is telling him to say that. He was advised to say that. He was advised to blame that on the sanctions on Russia. And the question is why? And the only thing I could think is that they don't have the manpower to meet demand. Like that's period. That's what it is. So he's got to find a scapegoat to blame it on.
1: That and I think that the sanction – not the sanctions, but because we know – I think that gas prices are going to get so out of hand that that's increasing the the bottom line for a lot of these uh, companies that are are, um, distributing the food and the people growing it, right? Because oil is everything. And I mean, it's already doubled. The cost of of gas has over more than doubled. I agree. Sorry, my <laughs> headphones came out. But uh I agree. You have to you have to think about hold on. All right. So you have to think about um they know this but they they need to blame it on something. I I've, I've said this plenty of times. You know, they're sitting back and they're saying, you know, if this war doesn't happen, this is before the invasion, if this war doesn't happen, great. But if it does happen, we how can we use it to our advantage? And that's what they're doing. And they know that gas prices, higher gas prices could mean a shortage of food. Higher higher fertilizer prices could mean a shortage of food. Just because the farmers in the short run – this isn't a long-term deal, but in the short run – you have to eat that high expense, and they need a way to justify that that's not you know, showing that they're at fault. So they're going, going to blame Putin. Don't think for a second. You're very naive if you think that the, our government is just – you know, all good people, and they would never want a war to happen. They would never push a war to happen. No. Our government, as much as I love the United States of America, okay, we are still – we have elected people that have been in, in Congress for 40 years. That is their freaking job, their their career, which it was never supposed to be, and they re- want to remain in power, all right, and they need control, but they are also going to push things as we have laid out in this in the last two episodes that are going to benefit them and they're going to blame things that benefit them if you think that they didn't feel this war you need to go back since the collapse of the Soviet Union who many of the people that are in congress right now were still in congress at that point 20 something years ago 30 years ago all right and look at all the legislation and the way that we've treated russia all right and the way that we treated ukraine And it's extremely easy. It's, I mean, it's, it's so blatantly obvious that we have fueled this, this, uh, conflict and we've done it for political purposes.
2: So they definitely wanted this conflict. They wanted this conflict for years. They, they really did.
0: I want to throw one more thing out there about the shortage thing and I want to get your thoughts on it, guys. So we all know about, you know, the trucker convoy, this, that, the other. Uh, Some people are really fuzzy about what's going on with that, but I would just have to go out there and assume if you have a lot of truckers out there that aren't running goods that are protesting, that's obviously going to create shortages as well. Right. So do you think this could also be part of why Biden is saying this, because they know that that could could potentially get worse? So they're looking, hey, let's blame this on Russia.
1: Maybe. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different factors that could play into this. There's so many different reasons they would want to do. They would want this to happen. Right. Either as long as look, they don't care, they're going to find out it, the more reasons for the potential of these shortages to occur that doesn't involve them, the better. Right. The more places they have to put blame on that isn't directly correlated to the stuff that they've done. That's what they're going to push. You Don't you scapegoat. think it's odd when when CNN and Fox agree on the same con- conflict? The yeah, two yeah. most divisive mainstream media sources, right? I mean, is it not odd when they agree on something so large like this?
2: Yep, <laughs> they have to have a scapegoat. They're creating their own boogeyman right now. They need a boogeyman. Yep. And Putin's their boogeyman right now, but if something happens that falls through with him, they want to be on somebody else. They'll but they will never take blame for anything. It's not their fault, they'll say. Yep.
1: You have you ever seen a uh, have you ever seen a president take a blame for anything and say, I was wrong? Nope. Have you ever seen a politician say that? Nope. Nope. The closest one I ever saw was Nixon.
2: <laughs> and yeah. he said it wasn't him for the longest time until he couldn't deny it.
1: Yeah. Hell, I don't even think Clinton ended up coming out and and saying he was wrong for screwing – uh, what's her name? Yeah. Monica. Right? Yeah.
2: Monica. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Money the guy.
1: They will the never, ever admit fault, ever, no. and that's wrong. That's bullshit. No.
0: Well, they, they don't do that because it reflects on their party. So they know if they come out and say, hey, I was wrong, it's it's a bad reflection to their entire political party.
1: Well, screw their party. What, well, they, they need
0: yeah. the parties for the division in this country. Like that's what right. they need it for. Yeah. Right. right.
1: Well, they need Um, the parties for the money, not the division, right? That's where they look at it for.
0: The division creates issues, which allows them to sway certain things in order to make the money.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: To get life the way they want it.
0: Hey, Preppers. Do you want 10% off survival food? Go to www.readywise.com and use code DOOM10 at checkout for 10% off all your survival food needs. Again, that's code DOOM10 at checkout at readywise.com. D O O M 10 for 10% off at readywise.com. I mean, I don't know. But to go a, back into this, good. this Russia Ukraine thing, uh, with this, with this Biden bullshit. So I, I did some reading up on this and I found out that he was, you know, basically paving the way for this contractor to go in there and do all these things. Now, the, weird stuff I've been reading lately kind of paints Putin as not being such a bad guy over this. And, and he, you know, this is one of his main objectives for being there. My, your guys' thoughts on that.
1: Say, stay that again. Ask that again. That.
0: Damn it, Michael. <laughs> so, the stuff I've been reading lately uh, about how Hunter Biden, you know, now that the emails are coming out from the laptop says that he was paving the way for the contractors to go over there and, and helped with the funding for the biolabs and all this crazy shit. And, you know, some things I've been reading suggest that the the main reason Putin is over there trying to get the shutdown is because these biolabs are so dangerous. And they're trying to paint Putin as like a hero in this. And, and they're trying to label this kind of like a Q theory. Mm. Right. So What's your th- thoughts on that, guys. Yeah.
1: So I found that contract. Look, for all you viewing, go on sam.gov, sam.gov. Okay. Okay. Make a profile like I did now it's it's a little bit of an extended thing, but you can still make one in a night, and you can go search all of the government contracts that we put out doesn't matter if it's for war doesn't matter if it's for the biolabs all of them and you can go back in history and look at all the ones we put out too. We put one out for one of the biolabs in ukraine, okay that c h two m hill was currently doing research in um, and it was for $3.6 million, I believe. They wanted someone to go and basically clean up these labs because there are two labs that we were worried This back July 28th, 2021. We were worried that the Ukrainian government was going to start operating out of these bio labs before they were permitted to to be operational because they, they the labs didn't uh, abide by the international standards. These labs had licenses to work with the most dangerous pathogens. If you think that Russia doesn't know every little thing going on in our government, all the way they have someone that's that's looking at government contracts, cause they probably apply for some of the contracts to do business with us. Um, if you think that they weren't aware and in this contract, openly, look, I'm just some little person out of my house that is doing this research, and I was able to find it. And in that contract, it says there is a substantial risk that the Ukrainian government is going to start operating out of this lab that is work, you know, can work with the highest pathogens and we need people to go over there and and make sure it's okay and if you don't think that russia is looking at that like okay we just had this whole pandemic that russia is currently experiencing like seventy thousand new covid cases a day still you know and now we have these labs right on our border that we created when we were the soviet union that is now in the hands with several pieces of legislation permitting the united states and ukraine to have a partnership working in these labs because you understand, Russia invaded Georgia for the same shit. Um, I, I think yes, it could play know. in. I think it could play into that. Yeah, I, is it the sole reason why they went inv- invaded uh, Ukraine? No, the NATO thing is the sole main driver. No matter what Putin says, no matter what uh, Biden says. Okay, the fact that Ukraine was going to join NATO or trying to, Russia did not want that. Just like we didn't no. want Russia bringing nuclear warheads over to Cuba. So what can it do? Do He put up a blockade and said that if Khrushchev didn't turn the ships around, he was going to blow up the ships and sink them, and if it started World War III, then so be it. He didn't care. He was not going to have weapons on on the coast of the United States. So uh, and Putin, if you go back and actually listen to Putin's interviews, and people need to stop being so one-sided, go listen to Putin talk. He's a very smart person. He elaborates on everything. He elaborates like no president in our history has ever done. When he answers questions It's pretty impressive actually Go back all the way to 2000 And he has stated concerns About NATO expanding eastwards And the threat that it poses to Russia He's no different In looking out for Russia Than hopefully our presidents are In looking out for us And our national security And that's the main reason behind this It's as simple as that
2: I agree with you wholeheartedly I agree with you must admit
0: so that that's been what i've been getting at with a lot of people lately it's like we're not getting the full story of what's going on things seem to be a lot different we're we're totally demonizing putin but there's got to be more here than what meets the eye and after michael saying what you just said that makes a lot of sense you know putin's Mm -hmm. trying to protect his own just like we would try to do here yeah um i i get it i totally get it
2: but we're not going to demonize ourselves, Jester. There's no yeah, way we'll ever yeah. demonize ourselves. We'll never make ourselves look bad.
1: So we have to have a boogeyman. Where Putin yeah. has gone wrong is the invasion. Was should he have invaded? I don't think so. I think he could have used the invasion as leverage. You know the potential of an invasion. Because think about this: the only time we started talking to him really and being serious, or hopefully we were serious about um, uh, relations between us and and you know getting things done. Was leading up into the invasion. Putin was on the phone with with NATO leaders, including our own president, and Zelensky, every single day. Okay, when right. they thought he was going to invade. And now he kind of crushed that. I think maybe he pushed it too far and he could have kept using it as leverage, but he may have thought, like, it's not working. I'm not getting what I want. Yep. He
2: uh, could have used, used this as leverage and he gave up yeah. his leverage when he decided to attack.
1: Yeah, and so I think that it may have been the wrong decision and I think he's wrong for, you know, doing this and I think he stepped into something he didn't expect. I don't think he expected the Ukrainian people to be like this at all. I mean, the Kremlin even came out and reported over 10,000 uh Russian soldiers were killed. That's not casualties, that's killed and over 40,000 casualties or uh MIA. So He's got a serious situation on his hands that could really ultimately come back and be the end of his political reign. Yeah, he's but, got
2: bad press but, in the homeland right now. Bad yeah. press. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, you know, should he be demonized for that? Yeah. As far as where he's at, up, you know, from the from the invasion on, just because it wasn't a good decision, it's cost a lot of people their lives on both sides. Uh, but you know, we're also not in the Kremlin with him. We don't know 100%. We know that our government has had you know, a spotty record on telling us what the real situation is. Um, but leading up into this and his reasons behind invading, were very legitimate, very legitimate, and he shouldn't be demonized for that. If we're going to demonize someone for worrying about their national security when we do the exact same thing, and I hope that we are do- worrying about our national security, then why are we going to fault him? Now, faulting him for actually going and invading and killing all these people is a different thing. But the reasons behind it, you cannot fault him for.
0: Now, do we know if Putin has taken control of any of these bio labs yet?
1: Oh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I believe he's done several of them, if not all of them. Okay, so
0: Now, is anything coming out in the mainstream media about what he's doing with these labs? Is he getting them, destroying them, shutting them down? Like, what's he doing with them?
1: I'm not sure. I haven't looked into it. We probably look it up. But um... because
0: that's going to be that that there, I think, would be an eye opener for a lot of Americans and people around the world. Like if he gets his hands on these bio labs and he shuts them down, destroys them, you know, and then comes out and says, this is why we're here.
2: I believe he's uh, I believe he's destroyed him and he's got a lot of the evidence. It really leaks a lot of it back to hear us in the Western world of what we've been doing. I believe I've I've heard a lot of chatter of that, that he's he's got the goods on us. I mean, he's called us out for what we were doing over there. So yeah, I believe he's destroyed him and he's got a lot of the evidence, Jester, frankly. That's just mm-hmm. my 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 assumption for what I when I read in a lot of news, non-mainstream media sources, but I believe we he has a lot of the goods on.
0: And the big thing is. If he's over there solely for the perp. now, it's really hard for Americans to deny this at this point. Like I said, the mainstream media has been trying to paint this as a QAnon theory that these labs didn't even exist, that this was all a made up thing. You know, and they tried to you know put a tin foil hat on everybody that said this, but now so much information is coming out about it; they can't deny it anymore.
1: They, they still they deny can, it. They can't
0: do it. They're I just looked it up on yeah. it. Cause I yeah, just looked up on Google
1: to. trying to figure out that answer about you know has Putin secured any of them, and every article that comes up on Google on the first page are all fact checkers from USA Today and all that stuff, and they all uh, claim that the that it's a false claim, and it's not. It's funny. Why is it false? And this is what aggravates me more than anything. The government is saying they've done it. They're, they're saying they've done it through legislation. They're saying they do it through current contracts they put out leading up into this, and it's false? Well, then what the fuck is real in this life, right? I agree So that's that because... that's what's frustrating about this. I mean yeah. if – I, I think we would all agree that – whether or not it's actually legitimate and they do lie and skew statistics on government website, it's still probably and hopefully the most um, reliable source of information because this is the place that everyone's getting their info from, right? All the yeah. news people and everything.
0: Uh, we're going to make a conspiracy yeah. theorist out of you yet, Michael. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: this isn't conspiracy, though. This is actual legitimate documentation. They're claiming There's a difference. conspiracy, though.
0: That's the thing. Yeah. So I want look, I want everybody to kind of, you know, open your ears and listen to what I'm about to say for one second. Things that are true, that we know to be true, they paint as conspiracy in the media to make us look like morons, to cover this shit up you. and bury it. Right? Right? That's what they that's what they do. And I just want to let you guys know we're we're about at our time limit. Um you could find me on TikTok at it's doomsday podcast 2.0. You could find Al on TikTok at big underscore daddy underscore prep. And you could find Michael Key on TikTok at Real or I'm sorry at RC underscore talk. And then Michael's uh, podcast is the real conservative talk podcast. Make sure you check him out. Our email is it's doomsday podcast at gmail.com. And you know, guys, final thoughts on the stuff before we get out of here.
2: I'm going to say my final thought is research. Always do your research. Don't believe what somebody tells you. Don't even believe what we tell you. Do your own research because you'll figure out that what you're being fed. Is not
0: hey, Preppers, you do eat. you want 10% off survival food? Go to www.readywise.com yep. and uh, use code and, doom and as far ten at checkout. Research, don't for ten percent off all your survival food needs.
1: Unless I'm the one that again, that's code down down doom down. ten uh, <laughs> and check at checkout uh, at readywise.com. Go, go, literally, d o o m ten for ten percent off at okay. readywise.com. Congress.gov, where you can find all the legislation. All right, go straight to the government websites. They have the documents out there. All right, there's receipts that show that, that the Department of Defense funded all these literally on the government websites go there and do your research and get it from there because you'll be way more confident about what what your opinion is on this and don't get it from CNN or Fox News because it's all available right on the on Google at the click of a button right
0: very good information guys and and this is going to wrap up part three of the Russian Ukraine conflict history this is going to wrap it up I'm sure we'll be Talking more about the Russia-Ukraine thing As things unfold But I think in the in the three-part series that we did on this I think it really opened a lot of people's eyes And it's really changing their mindset And uh, I, I really hope this is making people Seek out some alternative news sources Made it.